Welcome to this another edition of Second City Sports on the Cyber Monday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I am Sydney Brown, aka Sid the Kid. My co-host Lakina McGee will join me in a couple minutes. You can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80. That's SIDKID80. Excuse me. That's SIDKID80. You, if you uh, download the Sports Zone Chicago app, if you want to download the Sports Zone Chicago app, you must do so by go to Amazon, Apple iTunes Store, or Google Play. Make sure the app says Sports Zone Chicago. What you do with that Sports Zone Chicago app? It's simple. You can listen and watch of any of our five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss it, that's okay. You can go back to the archives and catch any of those archive shows you listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you also follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. That's you, you can follow War Media. Remember, thank you very much in advance for your support. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Remember, like, comment, share, subscribe this broadcast. And so you can support Second City Sports and Sports on Chicago as a whole. If you have any questions or comments uh, during uh, the two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your comments in the comments section, and I will get them up on the screen for you. And our good buddy Armando Lara Jr. checks in and says, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Armando. You can do the same thing. Just go to Facebook on, the, on Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section, and we'll get them up on the screen for you. Now, let's get started with today's show. Yippee! Yay! Okay. I'm referring to the Chicago Bears 16-14 win uh, this past Thursday on Thanksgiving Day against the Detroit Lions. It was not an outstanding performance for the Bears, of course. Uh, the Bears uh, did get it done on the last second field goal from 30 yards out by Cairo Santos. Uh, the Bears, of course, they were the whole story in the National Football League all week with the controversy of uh, Matt Nagy allegedly he was going to get fired following the game on Thursday. And, of course, the Bears PR uh, team just as a whole messed it all up. And it, it was nice to see the players, you know, concentrate and go out and do their jobs. But it wasn't a great game to watch. Uh, the Bears put up 16 points against a bad Detroit Lions team. The Lions are now 0-10-1 on the season. The Bears improved their record to 4-7. and But was it a great game to watch to you? It wasn't for me. The Bears barely got it done. Head coach Matt Nagy, if he thought that this was going to be his last game, he he went out as of now as in the blaze of glory. But as of right now, as of this broadcast, he is still technically the head coach of the Chicago Bears. He got what he wanted in starting Andy Dalton, of course, quarterback Justin Fields. 
is out with a rib injury. It's questionable whether he's going to start this Sunday's game against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll have more on that for you coming up in our um, throughout the weekend and on our next show on Friday. But back to the game on Thursday, this was not very impressive. Uh, the Bears barely did what they had to do to win. I understood that they were coming off a short week. They played Baltimore a, a few days before, so they had a short time to prepare. But it was not the world's greatest performance. You only had one sack on Jerry Goff, and that's by Robert Quinn, who's having a heck of a year, perhaps a Pro Bowl year. But offensively, the, the numbers don't uh, don't jump out at you. Okay, Andy Dalton was 24-39, 317 yards, a touchdown in an interception. Okay, that's his best performance of the season. But uh, do you really think that Andy Dalton lit up the scoreboard? No. And the, the offense has been a problem throughout the whole year. And it continues to be a, a problem for this Bears team. And it just read this ugly head from a worldwide audience on Thursday. I'm surprised Troy Eggman didn't even drop any swear words on the year as he and Joe Buck was calling the game for Fox. Uh, and I thought, me personally, that the Bears should have ran the ball more. That's been the identity of this team all year long, especially with rookie quarterback Justin Fields when he was in there before his injuries. But just take a look at the numbers here. David Montgomery, 70 carries for 46 yards. Okay, you got near 20 carries, but the yards didn't pile up. Andy Dalton rushed the ball six times for 11 yards. But as I said before, Andy Dalton's not Michael Vick. You don't expect him to run the ball. So uh, I don't expect him to light up the world in terms of rushing attempts. But Khalil Herbert, who did a nice job when David Montgomery was out with, with an injury for a month, he only had four carries for nine yards. I, I Here's the thing. The Bears have a problem with consistency with the game plan. I know that head coach Matt Nagy gave Bill Lazor the, all the credit in the world following the following the win on, on Thursday. But just for the Bears to run the ball with consistency, that's what, that's what we expect from this Bears team. I know this has been their identity uh, throughout the season, throughout the whole history of the franchise. But Thursday's game was just – it was just blah. It was boring. And – just looking at it as a whole, I wasn't impressed. Were you guys impressed? You can let yours surely know on Sports of Chicago's Facebook page or Sports of Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comment section. I'll get them up on the screen for you. But this Bears uh, performance on Thursday, it was nonchalant. It was like, okay, they won the game. They technically saved Matt Nagy's job, but was it something to write home about? No. And, and I don't think any true Bears fan uh, will sit there and tell you that that was a great performance or it was a hard-fought battle. It was. It was neither of those things. And so just looking at that game as a whole, it, it just was uh, very unimpressive to me. And, and I, I don't see how uh, – I know some people may think that the Bears can get on a surprise and run and make it to the playoffs. I don't see it. I know you have Arizona coming off a bye week and coming here to Chicago on Sunday, but – Maybe the Bears could pull off a surprising upset. Maybe they can. Maybe they. Uh, maybe they can't. But I don't. I don't see a, a run here. I just don't. So, if people think that that the, the the Bears can pull off an upset, I don't see it. I, I, I just don't. I just don't see it. But that's as of now, and we'll get more into that on our next show on Friday. You're listening to Second City Sports right here, live in the Living Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I am Sid the Kid. Lakina McGinn will join me in a few minutes. Let's take a look at some of the numbers from the Bears' uh, performance on Thursday from the receiving. And Darnell Mooney, who's been the number one wide receiver for the Bears all season long, he had five catches, 123 yards. 
in a, a 24.6 uh, average per catch. His longest catch was a 52-yarder. I've been begging for this all season long. Um, the tight ends can be used more in this offense, especially in a run-heavy set offense. Cole Komet had eight catches for 65 yards. His longest catch was a 16-yarder. Uh, Demille Bird had four catches for 42 yards. Jimmy Graham, it was nice to see him again in the Bears uniform with a catch uh, on, on the statue. He had two of them for 34 yards in the only touchdown of the game for Chicago. Now, it was nice that the Bears did spread the ball around on the stat sheet, but looking at that game, it just didn't seem like they had any rhythm and they had any flow. It's just like it was all scattered all, all around the place. And if you uh, look at that game offensively, it's just like it didn't, like I said, it didn't have any flow. It was, it was just, you're just straining your eyes to see it has something, what happened, it, it will take you off your, off your feet. But it, that just didn't happen with the Bears offense. So I, I wasn't impressed at all. And, and, a couple other uh, numbers to uh, give to you guys. David Montgomery, three catches for 28 yards out of the backfield. backfield. Okay. I always expect him to set the world on fire in terms of uh, catching out of the backfield. But overall, uh, the Bears, they did what they had to do. These numbers that I just gave you guys, they were unimpressive. Yes, Allen Robinson, their stud wide receiver, didn't play. But it – they just barely escaped Motown with a victory, and I just don't see uh, this Bears team uh, getting on a magical run and making a surprise run for the playoffs. They're a mediocre team at best, and I think that's what you're going to see uh, throughout this uh, throughout the rest of the season. They have six games left, and they they have as we as we said on the show for the last couple of weeks. It's all about the development of Justin Fields and. It's going to be an audition for those free agents uh, at the end of the year, like Akeem Hicks and some of the other guys. Are, are you going to play in the NFL next year with the, the same team or are you going to play in the NFL with another team? So it's all about development at this point uh, with the Chicago Bears. They're not a playoff team, and I expect Matt Nagy to be gone uh, at the end of the year. So uh, expect a lot of changes at Hallis Hall this year. Our buddy Amanda commented again, the Bears are a winless team and needed – the almost the entire game uh, game time limit of a game to beat the Lions. Yeah, that's true, Amando. <laughs> uh, the uh, the way they handled the uh, the way they handled the, the last few uh, minutes of, of that game, you thought they were going going uh, to uh, score a touchdown there before milking the clock. I got I got the strategy there, but you could have pounded the ball in the end zone, put the pressure on the defense to uh, stop the Lions, and they didn't do that. Of course, it worked out for them with the. Carlos Santos' last second field goal, but it's just that those last uh, few minutes there, the game is just mind-boggling to me. Um, Mardo also says here on on our um, uh, on, on Facebook feed at Sports of Chicago, zero six the rest of the season. Uh, I wanted to uh, uh, bring up that point for you guys and bring a question uh, up to you guys: Are we don't have a first round draft pick uh, this coming? Draft because that belongs to the New York Giants, uh, thanks to the trade to draft Justin Fields. If you're a Bears fan right now, are you rooting for them to go 0-6 for the rest of the year? Or you're just looking at those games and say, hey, it's the development of uh, Justin Fields. I, I want to get your guys' uh, thoughts on that. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube and, and type in your questions and your comments there in the comment section. Me personally, if they win, okay. But as I said before, it's all about the, the development of Justin Fields. 
and we'll see how Matt Nagy handles this. We assume that he's going to be a coach for the rest of the season, of course. Uh, he knows that the, uh, the the his fate as far as being a coach in this league is in his hands. It's in the hands of management. But whatever Matt Nagy does from here on out, he's auditioning for another, uh, uh, not head coach job necessarily, but another assistant coach job, we assume, uh, from next year and forward. So Matt Nagy has to put on a great face. Um, to stay in the National Football League next year and forward. So for me personally, I think that it's all about the development of Justin Fields and whoever uh, gets playing time, both offensively and defensively, and some of the young guys you can uh, elevate up. It's all about that development as you move it towards the future uh, on the field for the Chicago Bears. Now, as I mentioned before at the top of the show, Justin Fields is uh, questionable for this week's game coming up against the Arizona Cardinals. If he's healthy enough to play, I will play him. He's the franchise quarterback. I know head coach Matt Nagy differs. Uh, he's going to tell you and me and everybody else that, that, that wants to listen that Andy Dalton had 315 yards passing, and he's his guy, and he, uh, he feels that Andy Dalton gives him the best chance to win. But if Justin Fields is healthy, Justice Fields should play. Andy Dalton should be the backup. Uh, uh, no question about it, hands down, because it's, it's all about Justice Fields from this point forward. If Justice Fields is still injured, yes, Andy Dalton should get the start. But if Justice Fields is healthy, it's Justice Fields' a job to lose from here on out to the end of the regular season. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Armando, our guy, again, comments on our Facebook page. I can never root for the Bears to lose, but I can't wait to – to see them win another game. I, I get it, Armando. It, it's tough. And we want to see change if you're a Bears fan. And I'm including that as well. We want to see change. But it's, it's in the DNA of the McCaskies not to do it uh, as far as head coaching is concerned in the middle of the season. It looks like that's that trend is going to continue. But I don't – I haven't been – especially what I'm doing now on this side of the mic – uh, I, I'm not saying that I'm not upset on what the Bears are doing, what they're going through right now, but haven't been real angry since the end of the Dave Watson administration. That was 97 and 98, of course. In 98, he went 4-12 and 12 again before he was uh, let go by the now late uh, Michael McCaskey, of course. We talked about it before on the show, how the Bears uh, organization and their PR team screwed that up back then. Dave McGinnis was supposed to be the head coach. You announced that he was the head coach before he even – McGinnis uh, signed the contract, and that was another blunder there. And then you have a blunder here with Mark Carco, an independent journalist, a Pulitzer Prize winner, announcing that that Matt Nagy was going to get fired uh, after Thursday's game. Of course, uh, the whole Bears organization didn't put out a statement. You had to uh, let uh, your uh, special teams head coach, uh, Chris Tabor, uh, go speak in front of the media, basically try to put the fire out. And followed by head coach Matt Nagy on that same day. And of course, it, uh, the news came out uh, late Wednesday that uh, Bears chairman George McCaskey had to tell the players before boarding the plane to Detroit that Matt Nagy, the head coach, wasn't going to get fired. So the Bears, a bunch of blunders there. Again, it's just that uh, this is an organization that's in turmoil right now, and they don't know how to handle their business. So I, I, I think that this organization, we all know, needs an overhaul. We know Ted Phillips, the, your director of finance now, the head, uh, the team president of this organization. All of them need to go, but will Virginia McCaskey, 
and some of the people that advise her, well, they let both George and Ted go after the season. That's what's going to need to happen for this situation to be turned around at Hallis Hall because you cannot have guys that don't know a damn thing about football lead your organization. That just doesn't work, especially in today's NFL. The, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the different results. It results. And that's what we've seen so far with, with these Chicago Bears. I don't think after all this time, you think that someone would tell the McCaskies uh, to uh, do something different, uh, do something new. They tried that with Mark Tresman. That didn't work. Yeah, Bruce Aries in the building, but for some reason you decided to pass on him. Uh, remember Lovey Smith. Uh, they, they were lucky to get him. Remember, he wasn't their first choice. They wanted Nick Saban when uh, ex-GM Jerry Angelo was running the show. And that didn't work out. So, And going back to the Dave Dick Guinness situation, they left up with Dick Jerron. And he was their third or fourth choice after that whole fiasco. So the Bears had some uh, uh, self-reflection to do. They had some cleanup to do. We'll just see if they could do that for uh, for this upcoming offseason. Armando, our buddy, again, says on Facebook, the Chicago Bears thing so is no longer bear down. It's been the heel thing. So, yeah, <laughs> I know you tell your age, Armando, but uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's a circus clown show up there at Hallis Hall at one football drive. So, I, you know, we'll see if they can get the situation turned around and – I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And for those of you that really know me and listen to me on this show or any other platforms, I hate repeating myself over and over again. We know that this Bears organization is an aptitude right now. You have people at, at important positions. They don't know what they're doing. And the one who's really escaping all this is GM Ryan Pace. Do we think after all this time that Ryan Pace knows what he's doing? I give him credit for drafting Justin Fields. Okay. And I think Justin Fields is going to be a, a good quarterback for this franchise, assuming that the white coaching staff is here for next year and beyond. But looking at Ryan Pace's record, his first-round picks outside of Rowcross Smith the last couple of years has been failures. Now, his other draft picks, second, rounds two through six, some of them have panned. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, one that sticks out of me, uh, David Montgomery, who was picked in the second round a couple of years ago out of Iowa State. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can look at that, some of the other guys as well, Bilal Nichols and Eddie Goldman as well. But his first-round picks haven't hit while he's been here. I believe he's in his seventh season at the helm now. I th Does he survive all this? At least publicly he survived all this this far, but will he survive this with keeping his job at the end of the season? We'll see what happens uh, with that. So uh, the Bears are in, are in aptitude right now. You have people in important positions that don't know what they're doing. And I just see that this thing isn't going anywhere until uh, there's some self-reflection and there's some honesty in that self-reflection. Excuse me. You have to change some things if you're the Chicago Bears. My question is, and, it, and it, I said this then, I'll say it now. Will the McCaskies hire people that know what they do as far as football operations are concerned? Will you hire them? Don't meddle in their business and let them do what they need to do. Now, ex-personnel guy, Chris Ballard, who's now the GM with the Indianapolis Colts, he held the mirror to their face, and they let him go. You don't think that Chris Ballard would have this roster different right now? I believe he will. Look what he's doing with the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get to them in, in the next break as, uh, as uh, they bailed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down the wire. 
But look at the Indianapolis Colts. They've been competitive over the last uh, uh, three, four seasons after the retirement of Andrew Luck. You have head coach, uh, former court, NFL quarterback Frank Wright there. He's been the right guy for the job. I know they had uh, Josh Medeos backed out of the last second, but they left over Frank Wright. They have a competitive roster. Look at what's happening with the Indianapolis Colts. I know they have Carson Wentz as their quarterback now, but the Indianapolis Colts, their roster is a whole lot better than the Chicago Bears. So the GM Chris Ballard uh, gets a thumbs up for me right now. Uh, I believe that if, if he was hired as GM, the, the roster would be better for the Chicago Bears. But as we see as uh, another pattern that I want to talk about with you guys is that the McCaskies want people that, that could get along with them and, and, yes, people that could agree with them on everything. That's not how you win in the National Football League. As I said before, insanity is, uh, uh, insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. If you just want yes people, you're going to get mediocre results at best, and you're go going to get disaster. Look what's happening right now. And uh, I don't know how much longer the Ken Bears fans take this. I know some people would say, well, the fans need to stop going to the games. Okay. Don't forget the Bears get a, a big check from the National Football League every year because of the TV contracts. And so attendance, even though it is important, is not as important as it once was. So uh, I'm not mad that the fans will stop showing up, but you guys know as well as I do, anybody that's, that's lived in Chicago, still lives in Chicago, that's followed this franchise for a long time. The Bears season ticket holder, season tickets uh, holders, uh, you still have a few that drop off every year, but you still have a, a list longer than my arm, both my arms, that people are waiting to jump on that list because that's a status symbol here in Chicago. Having bare season tickets is a status symbol. And when people drop all this, people waiting to uh, grab the opportunity to go to a Bears game because we all know that Chicago is a Bears football town, first and foremost. And for, for the uh, fans that have suffered through all this losing, it, it, it's just embarrassing. Since 2010, you only had one playoff appearance. 2010, 2018, okay, well, three, 2010, 2018, and, of course, last year, even though the season ended ugly for the Bears. You know, three playoff appearances uh, in the last 11, 12 years, that's just unacceptable. And some of the uh, re uh, results that I ran down for you guys, it, uh, if it, this was any organization, the people in charge would have been gone a long time ago. So uh, there's ne there needs to be change. There needs to be an honest evaluation. And can the, can and will the McCaskies get out of the way to let the right people um, do what they have to do? I don't know if I could trust them at this point. So we'll see what happens with the Chicago Bears. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday, Cyber Monday. I'm Sid the Kid. You can follow me on Twitter, NIG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. And you can go to Sports Hill Chicago on Facebook or Sports Hill Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comments section. I'll get them up on the screen for you, and we'll go on from there. Our football power hour for Monday continues. On the flip side, we'll review uh, the games that took place yesterday in Week 12 of the National Football League, and we'll give you a quick preview of tonight's uh, Monday Night Football matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team. You listen to Sega City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
rumors swirling that Bears head coach Matt Nagy could be fired after tomorrow's game. It's an 11.30 a.m. kickoff at Detroit. The Lions are 0-9-1. The Bears looking to snap a five-game losing skid. When asked about it, Nagy said, That is not accurate. You know, I have not... um you know, I have great communication with ownership with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh, I have not had any discussions. On the NBA scoreboard tonight, the Bulls visit the Rockets. Chicago 12-6, third in the Eastern Conference. The Rockets just 1-16. They've lost 15 straight. NHL on Tuesday, the Flames beat the Blackhawks 5-2. Reese Johnson and Brandon Hagel with the goals for Chicago. 34 saves for Marc-Andre Fleury. The Hawks drop to 6-11-2. They'll take on the Blues Friday afternoon at United Center. It's a noon puck drop. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Auto Parts. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. Now, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets during the Tempur-Pedic Black Friday event. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago for Cyber Monday, as we call it here around here. On, I am Sid the Kid, aka Sydney Brown. For those of you scoring at home, hopefully Lakina McGee will join me in a couple of minutes. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. And make sure you go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook and Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comments section. I will get them up on the screen for you. And we have some breaking news uh, coming out of Dallas Cowboys camp. Head coach Mike McCarthy has tested positive for COVID, and he will not coach this Thursday's game as the Dallas Cowboys would take on the New Orleans Saints down there in the bayou. So once again, head coach Mike McCarthy has tested positive for COVID. He will not coach this Thursday's game as the Dallas Cowboys will travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Of course, several coaches uh, on his offensive staff will not coach in that game either. They will not make the trip. And we'll, we'll see what happens as the NFL has now stricter policies of what players can and cannot do as they'll continue on the season traveling as we uh, they, they deal with this virus. Uh, reviewing the games, uh, before we get to uh, some of my thoughts, from yesterday's games, of course, uh, the, the there, was, there were two other games that were played on Thursday on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders defeated the aforementioned Cowboys 36 to 33 in overtime. Dak Prescott had an outstanding performance, 375 yards and two touchdowns, and uh, Josh Jacobs had a performance, uh, a great performance for the Las Vegas Raiders from the from a running standpoint, 22 carries, 87 yards, and they scored uh, the Raiders. They, uh, both teams had 14 penalties uh, for over 100 yards, and 
Yeah, it was it was another game. I, I did catch the end of this game. I was asleep from eating and, and, and going through that whole hot mess with the Chicago Bears. But uh, the Raiders get it done on the road as the Cowboys are now 7-4 on the season. And, of course, the, in the nightcap on Thanksgiving night, the Buffalo Bills dominated the New Orleans Saints 31-6. to Josh Allen, 260 yards passing on four touchdown passes. Uh, the Saints um, missed Alva Kamara. They start running back. He missed his third straight game. Will he play this upcoming Thursday against the Cowboys? We'll see. They desperately, he, desperately need him. So those are your results from uh, from the night in the NFL on Thursday, last Thursday. Now let's get into some of the games that happened yesterday. The, it was the Cincinnati Bengals dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-10. Ben Roethlisberger, who in my opinion is ready for the retirement seat, he was 24 or 41 for 263 yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon had a big day for the Cincinnati Bengals in the running department. 28 carries, 165 yards and two touchdowns. T. Higgins had six catches, 114 yards and a touchdown. The Bengals uh, dominated the Steelers uh, from start to finish. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't ha have it uh, in all phases of the game. They just lost out there. Cincinnati imposed their will on them early. I did turn to this game via my computer, and it was ugly from the start in Pittsburgh. I thought they were going to win this game. I picked them on our last episode last Wednesday. Uh, they really disappointed me. I thought Ben Roethlisberger was going to have a, a better performance, but uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense was just terrible. And, and give Cincinnati credit. Uh, I did say that Cincinnati uh, a couple of weeks ago were a playoff team. They they shown me now that that uh, they could be a playoff team. The second-year quarterback, Joe Burrow, is getting it done. Uh, that offensive line has improved uh, very much from last year, which was a disaster, of course, which led to Joe Burrow's season-ending torn ACL injury. But the Bengals are back. They're 74. They're 3-2 at home. This is the first time since 2009 that, that, that Pittsburgh Steelers were swept by the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals, it looks like they're on their way to uh, capturing the AFC North title. We'll get to the Baltimore Ravens later. Next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers survived a scare for the Indianapolis Colts, defeating the Colts on the road 38 to 31. Carson Wentz had 306 yards passing, three touchdown passes, and two big interceptions. Leonard Fournette had his best day as a pro and the best day uh, of of his Tampa Bay Buccaneers career. He had 17 carries, 100 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. He also had one receiving touchdown as well. Rob Gronkowski made his return uh, to the lineup with seven catches and 123 yards. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they didn't need Tom Brady yesterday, but he made the plays when he had to. Uh, the defense for the Buccaneers, they were caught off guard, especially with the running game of the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor has been the hottest running back in the NFL for the Colts these last two or three weeks. Uh, he didn't disappoint yesterday. Uh, the Buccaneers got away with one on the road. Leonard Fournette's uh, game-winning touchdown uh, came with seconds left to go in the game at the Indianapolis tied the game at 31. The Buccaneers almost gave up a game-tying kick return for a touchdown. Uh, uh, thank, uh, thank goodness that uh, the Tampa Bay special teamers uh, stopped Rodgers from uh, scoring that game-tying touchdown on the kickoff return. So Tampa Bay got it done on the road yesterday. Uh, they won their last uh, uh, last two games. And let's see if Tampa Bay can now uh, uh, build on build on this 
and perhaps uh, take the NFC South division title. Next game, the Miami Dolphins, uh, they dominated the Carolina Panthers 33-10. Tua Tungvalova had 230 yards passing and a touchdown pass off 27-31. Miles Gaskin had 16 carries, 49 yards, but had two big touchdown runs. Jalen Waddle, uh, the uh, second-year wide receiver at Alabama, yeah, he had a big day for the Dolphins. Nine catches, 137 yards, and a touchdown. Cam Newton, 5 for 21 for 92 yards. He was benched in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I watched the majority of this game via my computer. Carolina uh, couldn't get it done in terms of uh, running the ball. They were outclassed. The Miami Dolphins defense brought it. Uh, Cam Newton, I know it's been a couple of weeks uh, since he's joined the Carolina Panthers. I knew it was going to take some time, but I thought that we was going to see a better performance from Mr. Noon yesterday. It just didn't happen. The running game for the Panthers were non-existent. Miles Gaskins, I just read out the stats to you. He didn't have it in terms of the running, uh, uh, in terms of the yards rushed, but he had two big touchdowns. And uh, he's been the catalyst for this uh, Miami Dolphins offense the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, you look at tight end Mike Gusecki, who's always a, a big target from a tiniest position, but uh, it was an all all around good performance for the Miami Dolphins as as they're now five and seven on the year. The Panthers dropped their record to five and seven. Uh, the Panthers, if they want to make it playoffs, they're virtually going to have to win out, and it's going to be uh, just about impossible. So, uh, give the Dolphins credit; they had a, a block punt to uh, set up their first score of the game. Uh, special teams people want to poo-poo it, but special teams always makes a difference in games, and it did yesterday, uh, setting the tone for the Miami Dolphins. Let's go to Foxborough as the New England Patriots uh, get it done against uh, the Tennessee Titans, 36-13. Both teams are now 8-4 on the season. Mac Jones continued to impress the, for the New England Patriots, the rookie quarterback out of Alabama, 23-32, 310 yards and two touchdown passes. Jacoby Myers had five receptions for 98 yards. Kendrick Bourne, uh, the other stud wide receiver for the Patriots, uh, had another touchdown reception of a great running catch yesterday. So the Patriots dominated the uh, the Titans. The Titans were, were out. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, of course, Derrick Henry is out uh, with a foot injury for the rest of the season. Of course, Ryan Tannehill had a couple of bad uh, interception throws. So it was not a good day for the Titans. And it was a good day for the New England Patriots. Give Bill Belichick, or as I call him on this show, Bill Belichick, credit. <laughs> uh, the New England Patriots defense has been a story the last two or three weeks, but it was the offense that put up, put up 36 points. Uh, Stevenson, their running back, uh, he's been effective as well. So New England started to turn around as we head toward the month of December. Now, will they make a Super Bowl run? I doubt it. As I said a couple of weeks ago on the show, but New England has caught fire, uh, and they give the schedule makers credit that you, you only beat the teams that are in front of you, and that's what New England has done so far. They have a big game next week on Monday Night Football on the road at Buffalo against the Bills. You know the fans in Buffalo and Orchard Park, New York, are going to be fired up for that one uh, as they face their uh, longtime nemesis in the NFC East. So the Patriots get it done by the score of 36-13. to 13. Let's go down to New Jersey as the New York football Giants. They barely squeaked out a 13-7 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, of course, uh, be, uh, uh, during this time last week, Jason Garrett, the now ex-offensive coordinator of the, let, of the New York football Giants, was let, let go. Of course, Daniel Jones, uh, I watched some of this game. 
Uh, We talk about the Bears' office being putrid. The New York Giants' office is putrid as well. Uh, Daniel Jones was 19-30 for 202 yards and a touchdown pass. Jalen Hurts, this was the first time in his NFL career that he threw three interceptions in the game in the same game. But he was, the, he was their leader in terms of rushing yards for Philadelphia. Eight carries, 77 yards. Kenny Galladay from Chicago, from St. Rita. Shout out to Sean Sierra. Uh, he had three catches for 50 yards. I did watch some of this game via my computer. <laughs> As I said before, the New York Giants offense wasn't really that impressive. And if you watch them all year, they haven't been impressive either. I know that Saquon Barkley, who's hurt again, there's no consistency with the New York uh, football Giants running game. The passing game has been hit and miss. I know they've, they've been suffering through injuries as well, but just watching some of that game yesterday was very putrid. And, and I, I can't understand for the life of me, Philadelphia, they are now 5-7 and seven on, the, on the year. I did pick them to win this game, but uh, their running game was non-existent yesterday. Of course, Boston Scott, uh, on their potential game-winning drive, he fumbled the ball, turned it over, and the Giants wrapped up the game from there. But uh, the passing game was non-existent. Devontae Smith, I thought he was going to have a big game. It just didn't happen. So the Philadelphia uh, Eagles defense kept the Eagles in it. But offensively, they just couldn't get it going. And the Giants looked even worse. But the Giants uh, got it done by the score of 13-7. to The Giants are now 4-7 and on the season. Uh, it, it was ugly. So let's move away from that game. Another ugly game took place down in Jacksonville, Florida. It was the Atlanta Falcons. Excuse me. It was the Atlanta Falcons defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars 21-14. Trevor Lawrence, a rookie quarterback out of Clemson, he was 23-42 of 42 for 228 yards and a touchdown for Jacksonville. Corradell Patterson ran the ball 16 times for 108 yards and two rushing touchdowns for the Falcons. And Russell Gage for the Falcons had a big day in the receiving department. Six catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. The Atlanta Falcons scored 21, po- 21 of the game's first 24 points through the first three quarters. But uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, it, it's been a tough goal for Urban Meyer and company all year long. Of course, we didn't expect this team to be a re- winning team, but they have played well until the last couple of weeks, especially on the defensive end. But uh, the defense has given up a total of close to 60 points the last two weeks. They were dominated by the 49ers last week, and they gave up 21 points to the Atlanta Falcons. So the Falcons did what they had to do. They are now 5-6 and six on the season, 4-2 away from the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Uh, down there in Atlanta. So Atlanta's still trying to hang on uh, in the NFC wildcard playoff race. Now down to the battle of the uh, two eight teams as the New York football giants, sorry, uh, the New York Jets get it done against the Houston, Texas uh, by the score of 21 to 14. Tyrod Taylor was 17 to 26 for 158 yards and two touchdown passes to Zach Wilson. Uh, through an interception once again, but he returned to the lineup for the uh, for the uh, New York Jets, their rookie quarterback. Uh, Tevin Coleman ran the ball 16 times for 67 yards for the Jets. And in the receiving department, nothing to write home about. about. Braxton Berrios had two catches for 47 yards. This game was ugly from the start. 
I know that most of the nation get did not get a chance to see this game. Shout out to a friend of the show, Spiro Diaz for uh, CBS Sports. He had to call this putrid game. Uh, is, this game to me was about who's going to get the number two pick in the draft. We know that the Detroit Lions are the win, only winless team in the National Football League, but uh, the, the Jets found some way to get it done. The Houston Texans, as we told you guys all year long, they're terrible right now. They, they'll hold the number two place. Uh, number two pick in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft. And you're listening to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sit the kid here with you as we review uh, the games from yesterday in week, thir- in week 12 in the National Football League. Let's take a look at some of the late games uh, that took place yesterday. It was the Denver Broncos stunning the, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, as we call them, on this show, the Broncos defeated the L.A. Chargers 28-13. to Both teams are now 6-5 on the season. As we welcome in our good friend, Miss Lakina McGee, to the program. Good afternoon to you, young lady. How are you? What's up, folks? Sorry for my tardiness. Had to take care of some personal stuff. But I am here, and I am just in time to talk about the rest of these NFL games. Mm-hmm. Because, Oh, Sid, 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 that that Chargers game, what the heck happened? I mean, I, I have no clue what, you know, the Broncos look like those were like, you know, Peyton Manny's Broncos from way back from a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> you know, the way their defense was playing and stuff. I mean, just, just a bad loss for the Chargers. Yeah, taking a look at some of the numbers from that game yesterday, Justin Herbert for the Chargers was 28 of 44 for 300 yards and two touchdown passes. Melvin Gordon III, a former Charger, had 17 carries for 83 yards for the Broncos. Kenny Allen, seven catches for 85 yards. Of course, Drew Light had to come in in relief for um, Teddy Bridgewater there. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater was dinged up, and hopefully he'll be okay for next week's game for the Broncos. I did watch some of this game live via this computer screen. <laughs> and uh, Denver had uh, had control f- from the start. And the, the Chargers, as we said on our show on Wednesday, Lakina, if, uh, they had big wins on the road. Uh, shout out to our good buddy, Armando Lara Jr. He's, he stole the words right out of my, right out of my mouth. The Chargers are mm-hmm. up and down team. As I said on our show on Wednesday, if the Chargers are a playoff team, which I still believe they are, you have to win tough games on a row. They did that opening weekend at Washington. They did it a few weeks ago at Philadelphia. Uh, they couldn't get it done against their division rival Broncos. As I said on the show on Wednesday, Broncos, I picked up for the upset. This is the reason why uh, the, the Chargers are still a young team. The Broncos had home field advantage. They took advantage of that yesterday. Yeah, three sacks for the Chargers defense. Melvin Gordon had 83 rushing yards. Um, you know, Drew Locke was able to uh, come in and relieve, you know, like you said, with Teddy Bridgewater because he got a little bit banged up. Uh, Pat Sertan, just the second, um, had a pick six. It, it's interesting mm-hmm. because his dad, if you remember his dad, Pat Sertan Sr., his yes. last career uh, pick six was in Denver when he was playing for the Dolphins at the time, back in the early 2000s. So, you know, definitely a familial sort of theme here. And, you know, look, a nice win for the Broncos. I mean, look, they're six and five like the Chargers are. And look, that could especially the tiebreakers, that could that could say a lot. And as I, I, and as I said earlier, the, the Raiders had a big win in, in Dallas uh, on uh, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day. We'll get your thoughts on the early games in a few minutes, but it's now a three-way tie for second place uh, in the AFC West. Of course, Kansas City leads that division, but with the Raiders winning big down there in Big D, it's a three-way tie for second in the, in the AFC West. No one expected that at this point in the season. 
Yeah, the a the AFC West has been very competitive. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see where the Chiefs are, but that's a pretty good division, the uh, the AFC West, and you know. It's, it's going to be very interesting because they all have to still uh, play each other in these yeah. next few weeks. So, you know, we'll see if the Chiefs are, you know, have, you know, right the ship. We'll see if the char- can the Chargers get together. Same with the Broncos and the Raiders. So it's definitely, you know, the Raiders, of course, with a big upset win against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So no one really saw that coming. So that definitely all, all of that is sort of uh, uh, is still in play. So we'll see. Uh, it should be interesting. We'll see what happens. In America's game of the week yesterday, it was their Green Bay Packers holding off the Los Angeles Rams 36-28. Aaron Rodgers, bad toe and all. I still question that, but that's a whole other issue. He was 28-45 for 307 yards and two touchdown passes. He also had a rushing touchdown, uh, shaking off Jalen Ramsey. My goodness. Uh, A.J. Dillon for the Packers yeah. ran the ball 20 times for 69 yards. Devontae Adams had eight catches for a 104 yards. Matthew Stafford on the flip side for the Rams. Lakina, another interception and another pick six that turned out to be the difference in the ball game yeah that was all douglas uh pick six that was uh definitely turned out to be the difference there and you know it's unfortunate because the the, the rams had chances they had chances late mm-hmm. so the fact that you know the, the the packers were able to hold them off i think just shows you that look the, there's no love lost between these two teams so it's like i said it's gonna be very interesting also too with the tiebreakers they still they have to keep up with the Cardinals for that top spot in the <laughs> NFC. So they, of course, you know, the Cardinals were off this week. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I guess, like, like I said before, the result Douglas pick six kind of, you know, sealed the deal. I mean, the Rams tried to score a few points, you know, some garbage points, but it was too little too late. In America's other game of the week, I did watch mm. the entirety of this game via Red Zone and via this computer screen. <laughs> it was the San Francisco 49ers defeating the Minnesota Vikings 34-26. Kirk Cousins, 20 of 32, 238 yards and two touchdown passes. Elijah Mitchell had 133 yards rushing off 27 carries and a touchdown for the 49ers. And Brandon Ayuk had three catches for 91 yards. Lakina, Jimmy Garoppolo on the flip side, he struggled again early, but did enough to um, compile for 230 yards passing and a touchdown pass. Debo Samuel has now five rushing touchdowns there, so wide receiver. Um, for, for the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers ran the ball, especially late, used the formula they that they did to get to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Dalvin Cooks, we should mention that he went out and the game was carted off the field with a shoulder injury. Uh, hopefully everything's going well with him as far as that is concerned. Uh, the Vikings had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown as well, which kept them in it. But well, the 49ers did what they had to do using the 2019 formula to take down the Vikings now. The 49ers have been on the roll lately. They are now 6-5, and five, while the Vikings are now 5-6. and six. Yeah, a uh, bad loss for the Vikings, but also to a nice loss for the 49ers. They're still within reach of the uh, the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. those wild card spots. You know, Debo Samuel uh, you know, became the third NFL player in NFL player in history with a thousand receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns, and five rushing touchdowns in the same season, joining the lights of Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. That's not a bad list. So, as mm-hmm. far as uh, the you know the, the Vikings are concerned, this was a bad loss for them. They needed this win, and they really wish they could have gotten this win in order to kind of keep up in the uh in the wild card slot. And did you talk about some people are saying that, that the Bears still have an outside shot because <laughs> apparently they're like a game out of that last wild card spot? I mean, folks, let let let's slow down here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and in Sunday night football, it was the Baltimore Ravens uh outlasting the Cleveland Browns 16 to 10. 
Lamar Jackson for the Ravens uh, had four interceptions, but he survived it by running the ball 17 times for 68 yards. Baker Mayfield on the flip side for Cleveland, 18 and 37, 247 yards and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry for Cleveland has six catches for 111 yards. Tight end David Njoku for Cleveland had the only touchdown catch for the Browns. Lakina, Baltimore didn't look that great. Cleveland looked worse. But Cleveland's Ooh. defense, which kept the Browns in the game, as I've mentioned uh, before, uh, interceptions thrown by Mr. Jackson. I am for real, <laughs> but but Baltimore uh, did enough to survive. I'm not saying that they're the best team in the AFC. I know they have that record, uh, have that title record rise, but they didn't right. look that great yesterday. But they did enough to get it done. They survived uh, a big scare from uh, from Mr. Lamar Jackson's bad night. If it was one of those games where it's not going to win any any awards. Those games, so you know, for <laughs> one of the ugly games of the season award, they'll win yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, three interception. You know, first half interception. The fact that they only scored, I think, what's like three points. So, unfortunately, if you're the Browns' defense, you did your job. Unfortunately, the offense couldn't do theirs. And look, Mark Andrews. We'll get to it when we talk about our studs and duds in a little mm-hmm. bit. But you know, he saved Lamar Jackson's <laughs> rear. You know, a couple of just big touchdown passes that kind of sealed mm-hmm. that uh, win for them. And you know, look. Look, I mean, the, the Ravens are. This is what they do. Like they got, they, they grind out wins. You know, they, you know, play tough. And you know, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be, uh, you know, pretty, but they win it. So, and if you're a, a Ravens fan, you'll take it. Yes, you'll take it if you're the Baltimore Ravens, especially with that uh, AFC North division looking the way it does. Uh, breaking right. news here. On Second City Sports from the World, the NFL, the Carolina Panthers have placed running back Christian McCaffrey on IR. He has an ankle injury, so his 2021 season is officially now done. Lakina, before we uh, get to our quick preview of tonight's Seattle-Washington matchup, uh, I know you joined us late. Do you have any comments on any of the early games? Um, No, not. I mean, not really. I mean, the, the Philly one is, I think, you know, has me scratching my head, the fact that what the heck happened Three interceptions by uh, Jalen Hurts. I mean, this was a perfect opportunity mm-hmm. with the Cowboys losing. This was a perfect opportunity for them to kind of, you know, gain some ground, and they weren't able to do it. You know, fortunately, you know, Hurts, you know, picked the worst time to have his worst game of the season. Three mm-hmm. interceptions, and, you know, that was just enough, you know, to slow them down and for the Giants to come back and win that game. Four and seven for the uh, the Giants. So it was really their defense, and just the, the Hurts just didn't really have, didn't have a great game. And what about your thoughts about Tampa Bay, Indianapolis? It was a a, a, a great back and forth game. The Colts dominated early. Tampa Bay uh, came back. Tom Brady didn't have his greatest game, but he wasn't a problem. Leonard Fournette had the best game of his career and definitely his best game in a Tampa Bay uniform. He had four touchdowns in, uh, in all, three in rushing, including the game winner. The Colts almost uh, tied it and descended to overtime with a kickoff return, but Carson Wentz, um, as he, he's been known to do throughout his career, especially throughout the season, he threw uh, the interception, which ended the game in the hopes for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, yeah. If you have Leonard Fournette in your fantasy team, you had a pretty good, you had a pretty good yeah. day. Hundred rushing yards and three touchdowns, and you know Wentz's interceptions. I think you know they had their chances that the Colts did, so but they weren't able to capitalize. So. You know, good for the Bucks. I mean, they really needed this to kind of do the the whole the get right thing after what happened. So, you know, they really need that to kind of keep within distance of getting home field in the first round. Yeah, I talked about the Panthers and Dolphins game. I watched the majority of that game live via my computer. Cam Newton was benched, and uh, the Dolphins uh, set the tone, especially with that uh, pump block early. 
mm-hmm. and off and running uh, off and running they went and of course Cincinnati dominated Pittsburgh uh Lakina, I thought we were in agreement that we thought that Pittsburgh was going to have a better performance, performance, especially after losing to Cincinnati early in the year. Right. As I said before, a few weeks ago, Lakina, even though I didn't pick them to go to the playoffs before the season started, looks like Cincinnati's on the way to, <clears throat> to be, excuse me, to be in the playoff team at seven to four. They really dominated the Steelers yesterday, and it's the first time since 2009 that the Bengals swept this uh, season series yeah. from Pittsburgh. Yeah, they, yeah, you know, Joe Mixon, if you had him on your fantasy team, 165 yards and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, just amazing <coughs> what Cincy's been able to do. And they just, you know, the Steelers just didn't look right. You know, they, you thought that maybe they would have a better performance, especially against a, a team that they probably wanted to get revenge on since they beat him early a few weeks back in, in Heinz uh, Field. But that turned out not to be the case. So, you know, you know, good for Cincy and hopefully they can keep it up. All right. Your studs and duds from week 12. My studs and does okay. My okay. Well, 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 all week twelve because we're also counting the, uh, yeah. the Thanksgiving Day games. You know the the Raiders. You know the, my number one. I mean the fact that they were able to kind of stay with the Cowboys, able to steal a win at AT and T Stadium. I think it was huge. You know Derek Carr had a touchdown pass. You know Josh Jacobs had a touchdown run, and it was really sort of like you know they kind of you know grinded out those types of wins. And this is sort of what been their bread and butter these last few weeks. So. You know, they're six and five right now. Like you said, they're still right there in this record. This is in the AFC West. My second stud, uh, let me see here. Uh, I'll say Leonard Fournette because he had, you know, three touchdown uh, passes mm-hmm. and the touchdown runs, I should say, you know, to help uh, Tampa Bay hold off uh, the Colts. And uh, I want to give my second, my last one to Mark Andrews. Had, you know, a couple of you know, crazy yeah. catches, you know, to help save kind of Lamar Jackson. You know, from that uh, three, about four intercepts, I should say, performance. So that's, you know, that was big for, for Baltimore as well. And I'll say my bonus stud, uh, I'll say Denver. I mean, that was a great team win. And, you know, the fact that they were able to upset uh, the Chargers, I mean, just a huge to keep itself with the strength of the playoffs. My three studs quickly are, and this goes from Thursday's game, quarterback Josh Allen from Buffalo, four touchdown passes to Miami Dolphins, special teams from yesterday. And I'll give a kind one for my third one to rookie quarterback Mac Jones from New England. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, good one, good one. Uh, this is a six, like four or five in a row for the, the Patriots. So Yeah, now they're eight and four in the season. As I mentioned before at the top of the segment, they have a big game next week in Buffalo on Monday yep. Night Football. Can't wait to talk about that later this week. Uh, my my duds, the Lions. <laughs> Almost seven Shocking. minutes drive. You had it right there. You had the win right there at your grass. And then you let the, had the Bears. You let the Bears off of the hook with a seven-minute final drive. You, you 18 called, plays. Yeah, you call two timeouts for back to back for no reason. You could have <laughs> saved yourself a little bit of time, but then you know you look look what happened. So you know Cairo Santos uh, game winner. So uh, Lions, you're a dud. Uh, Chargers, I don't know what's been going on with you guys. You know our buddy Spiro D has been touting you guys. Mm-hmm. You know another just a another bad showing. It was just you know some, you know Herbert had his struggles. There were some drops mm-hmm. as well. So. Unfortunately for the Chargers, they had a, uh, you know, they just they just couldn't get it going against the Broncos in uh, Cleveland. I'll say okay, I'll say I'll say the Cleveland offense because their defense yeah. didn't get a bonus stud for me. They only scored like three points off the three uh, intercept first round intercepts for Lamar Jackson. You couldn't get it together. Come on, Cleveland, you gotta do if you want if you want to be taken seriously in the AFC. You can't. You gotta do better than that. 
my three duds, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the, the Carolina Panthers, and the whole Eagles-Giants game. As I said before you joined us, Lakina, I did watch some of that game yesterday via this computer screen. Shout out to Adam Amin, uh, Bulls TV announcer, who called that game for Fox yesterday. Uh, that, that was a, a terrible game to watch. And <laughs> like I said, the, the Giants offense is terrible. I know they made a, a coordinator change with Jason, uh, Jason Garrett being uh, given the boot. I, that, that was terrible. So those are my uh, uh, three duds. Of course, coming up tonight, we have uh, the Monday Night Football game wrapping up week 12. It's the Seattle Seahawks at 3-7, and seven, traveling to our nation's capital to take on the Washington football team. They're 4-6. and six. Taylor Heineke has been one of the best underrated quarterbacks in the National Football League. He has 15 touchdown passes on the season. Antonio Gibson has 601 rushing yards and five touchdowns for the Washington football team. Terry McLaurin, the stud wide receiver, has five touchdowns off of 54 catches and 735 yards total. On the flip side, you have Russell Wilson. Uh, this, I believe, will be his third game back from his apparent finger injury. He has not looked good in these last couple of weeks. The, Was uh, the Washington football team is missing Chase Young. They did stud defensive end uh, with the torn ACL, which he suffered a couple of weeks ago, but their defense has stepped up. Uh, on the flip side for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they got to find a consistent running game. I don't know if they're going to do that tonight. It won't surprise me if they did, but as, as I said on Wednesday, I'm picking Washington to win this one. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting this game tonight. Um, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, Russell Wilson can kind of get back on track. I mean, you hope. I mean, maybe Washington, you know, Taylor Heineke, you know, can have a good game. Uh, the defense, I think it's going to be the battle of the defense. We'll see if Jamal Adams could be that, that, that it for them. So, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, yeah, um, I believe are they are the Mannings doing a uh, are they doing the uh, the Manning cast tonight or no? I'm not sure. I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, I think they would do a better job of that. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. I, I can't wait for that. Our number one in the books. Our number two straight ahead. As you're listening to Second City Sports live in Eleven Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. On the flip side, we'll talk about the Chicago Bulls. They are now losers of two out of their last three games. They have a big game tonight at the UC against the Charlotte Hornets. And we'll review the best and worst from this past weekend from the National Basketball Association. We'll get into uh, college football as rivalry weekend concluded. And we have some news on the free agent front from the world of Major League Baseball. Yeah. I'm Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee here with me. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Rumors swirling that Bears head coach Matt Nagy could be fired after tomorrow's game. It's an 11.30 a.m. kickoff at Detroit. The Lions are 0-9-1. The Bears looking to snap a five-game losing skid. When asked about it, Nagy said, That is not accurate. You know, I have not... Um you know, I have great communication with ownership with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh, I have not had any discussions. On the NBA scoreboard tonight, the Bulls visit the Rockets. Chicago 12 and 6, third in the Eastern Conference. The Rockets just 1 and 16. They've lost 15 straight. NHL on Tuesday, the Flames beat the Blackhawks 5 to 2. Reese Johnson and Brandon Hagel with the goals for Chicago. 34 saves for Marc Andre Fleury. The Hawks drop to 6 11 and 2. They'll take on the Blues Friday afternoon at United Center. It's a noon puck drop. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Oh, 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 
When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. Now, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets during the Tempur-Pedic Black Friday event. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. Mm. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us uh, uh, during this last hour of the show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions and comments in the comments section, and we'll get right to them. Lakina will post them up on the screen. But if you decide to troll or decide to do anything stupid, uh, Lakina will give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. I love saying that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, but you guys have been great, so keep those questions and comments coming. Looking, let's kick off our number two of this program on the Cyber Monday, uh, discussing NBA basketball. We'll start off with the Chicago Bulls. Their losers are two out of their last three games. They lost to the worst team in the NBA on Wednesday at Houston. That was not good, but they did bounce back last Friday, defeating the Orlando Magic big down there in Orlando. And, of course, they came back home on uh, last Saturday, and they lost to the Miami Heat by the score of 107 to 104. 22 turnovers. Lakina will not get it done if you're the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Former Bull Jimmy Butler uh, did not have a a great shooting night, but he still ended up with 18 points. Uh, It was Gabe Vincent for the Miami Heat. He had 20 points off the bench, including – a 4-8 from downtown. Kyle Lowry had a, a two big three-point shots in the fourth quarter. He ended up with 19 points and five rebounds, and along with six assists for the for the entire game. As we talked about before, Lakina, especially these last couple of weeks, uh, right. the Miami the Miami Heat are a very good basketball team. They're not filled with superstars. Head coach Eric Spolster unfortunately does not get enough credit. Uh, here's the thing. And I said this to our buddy Alana Tech Hour. Shout out to her. Uh, she's one of our <laughs> NBA analysts and uh, yeah, guests. I saw, on, yeah, for, I saw. For this yeah, show. I saw. Yeah, I saw your uh, you guys' uh, exchange uh, on Twitter. If you go check that out, our uh, Twitter combo. Uh, play nice, you two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason why I had that picture up of Caruso, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to watch the Miami Heat coverage from Bally Sports son Eric Reed and former NBA player John Crowdy. Who, they do a nice job on the Heat telecast. Caruso had a monster dunk. I believe it was on uh, out of bio in that first quarter. It was right. such a nasty dunk. And I said, let me have some friendly fun with Alana Tech Hour. We all know <laughs> she's the only Miami Heat fan left here in the city of Chicago. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> I, said, and, oh, and I said, that was a great picture of Caruso, his facial reaction. That was him going to the free throw line, free throw line after making that uh, tremendous dunk. But 
Um, the Miami Heat, I uh, know that they'll, they'll face the Bulls again a couple of weeks down in their place. But right. on the flip side for the Chicago Bulls, uh, DeMar DeRozan had 28 points. Zach Levine struggled. He only had 16 points off of 6 of 16 shooting. Uh, Vucevic only scored 7 points. I know he's battling COVID. I know people want to put the blame on him. But this was bigger than uh, Vucevic, okay? So, you know, but people just want to go at Vucevic's head. He's battling COVID, okay? He just came off the COVID list. It's going to take him a, a, a couple more games to get his feet wet and get his timing back. So don't worry about him. He's going to be okay. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Caruso, as the, uh, we mentioned before, he had 22 points off a of six of eight shooting, including that monstrous dunk. Lonzo Ball had 11 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, Kobe White only had four points in 20 minutes of action coming off the bench. Look, and as I mentioned before, the lack of bench scoring in 22 turnovers will not get it done, especially against a good team like Miami. Yeah, and also to remember, they were coming off a second of a back-to-back. I don't, I kind of don't. Chicago was, why, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't understand why they were in Orlando. They were right there in, uh, in Florida. So I don't know why they had to, you know, travel all the way back to Chicago to play Miami. They should have just kept, you know, stayed in Miami and played them. But you know, it is what it is. But I think, but also to your point, Sid, that you know, twenty-two points, you know, for Caruso, he was really the only uh, bench contributor coming off the bench and look people need to re- get all Vucevic back because he's he, look, like you said he's still recovering from COVID so it takes excuse me it takes a few it's gonna take a few uh, a couple of games gotta get back together and Kobe White this is only like what his third or fourth game he's still trying to get his conditioning in so I think for anybody that's trying to you know say hey trade Vucevic or Vucevic was a waste of trade or you know trade Kobe stop all right to slow <laughs> down okay <laughs> Musa <laughs> exactly. As I mentioned before, I had the uh, had the pleasure of watching the Miami Heat telecast from um, last Saturday's game, and I thought John Crotty, the TV analyst, pointed this out. And if you notice, uh, in that fourth quarter, I believe DeRozan only made two shots total because yes, uh, even though the Bulls were taking advantage of the Miami Heat inside, where Miami went to um, the the box in one zone, they switched to a two three zone in that fourth quarter. DeMar DeRozan only made two shots because uh, he, uh, along with Zach Levine, he's one of the best uh, mid-range shooters in the game. And DeMar DeRozan struggled in that fourth quarter there. And they were willing to give the, uh, give the Bulls uh, uh, inside the paint. But when it came to defending DeRozan, uh, Miami Heat had the Bulls number. You're going to see a whole lot more teams do that as, we, as the season goes along. Uh, the, the question is, will head coach Billy Donovan and the rest of their coaches have adjust to that? Yeah. Because DeMar DeRozan, I believe, still leads the league in scoring in the fourth yep. quarter. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the number one question. I mean, not having that deep inside guy, that's going to, you know, of course, you know, the, 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 he were able to kind of expose that. And mm-hmm. Greg Vincent, you know, Gabe Vince, I should say, that's probably one of his career highs coming off the bench was, you know, 20 points. And, of course, you know, Jerry Butler had 18 and, you know, they had a lot of uh, Max Struss had 13, of course, the former DePaul guy. You know, mm-hmm. DePaul fans remember that name. So I think people remember that. That and also too, I think it was really like you said, I think it was a combination of things, you know, off of back to back. You know, they had to come all the way back here to Chicago from Orlando, had a nice showing against Orlando. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was just a lot of things going up against the going against the Bulls. And like it's like we've been saying, you know, they still have, you know, Bush is still recovered from COVID, so it's gonna take him a couple of day games. Then you have uh, Kobe White still, you know, getting his conditioning in. So that, you know, 
that that's going to be a, a thing too. It's going to take him a few, about a, a few weeks. So I think people just need to chill. I mean, folks are already, look, you got to love bulls. Twitter Sid. You know, <laughs> you know, say, hey, trade everybody, get rid of everybody. Oh, trade Vooch, you know, trade Kobe by try to see if you get a, a, a deep, you know, inside threat. Calm down guys. Come on, come on. We're only, we're only a little over a month in the, the, the bulls are 13 and eight. They got a they got a pre tough schedule this week, so let's get you know. So it's gonna look. They play the Horns, which is uh, an up and coming team. It's gonna be mm-hmm. the Ball Brothers. You got um, Lamelo and of course Lonzo. So that's gonna be like a this could be a very interesting matchup between those two. You know, I wonder uh, Chris was gonna be kind of exposed there, but uh, yeah. So they, you know, this is gonna be a really good game tonight. You know, Miles Bridges. You know, if you guys remember mm-hmm. from Michigan State, he's been. Sort of right there, and look, they've got a really young, a good young squad coming to the UC tonight. So, you know, let's hope that they can kind of, you know, and look, the, look, the Hornets and the Bulls—they're they're very similar in a lot of ways, right? I mean, yeah. you know, a young, you know, scrappy team. Now, of course, in the Bulls' case, they got a few more veterans, but you know, when it comes to you know Charlotte's, you know, of course, we do talked about Lamelo. We talked about some of the other young players, you know, Miles Bridges and those guys. Gordon Hayward is still around. Uh, Kelly yeah. Oubre so is still been pretty solid. Mason Pauley is out, so he's missing his second straight mm-hmm. game. So also Terry Rozier is really good. Come you know, scary come Terry, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they call him. So and also PJ Washington is still uh, contributing. So mm-hmm. still, it's going to be a tough game for the Bulls tonight. I think people need to kind of just be prepared. Yeah, as you mentioned, you just took the words right in my mouth. Uh, the the Hornets have. It was just good that I needed that rest, especially after the first hour. But yes. <laughs> uh, happy to help. But looking at tonight's game, uh, give Michael Jordan credit. Uh, he's not the world's greatest uh, personnel guy, but he's filled in a, a nice roster. Of course, last year they were in the playing tournament before losing to Indiana, but. And this is a, a nice young squad. Uh, like you said, they, they play uh, very similar to, to the Chicago Bulls. They have a nice uh, outside shooting. They can get up and down the floor. This is definitely going to be a track meet tonight, and I'll be surprised if it, if it is. Of course, uh, the pressure is on the Bulls. They're favored by four and a half, even though that's beside the point. But right. I expect the Bulls <laughs> to have a better effort. They want to get this bad taste out of their mouth, especially they were right there against the Miami Heat on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be interesting how the Bulls come out tonight. And uh, I want to see them get it done on the defensive end. And uh, there's something that they struggled with, especially in the, in, the, in the last couple of games. Uh, they got it together against Orlando, but against Houston, against Miami, the defense um, for 48 minutes was not there. Let's see if they can turn it around tonight against Charlotte. Yeah, it should be it should be a very entertaining game tonight in Charlotte, and it's at seven o'clock at the UC. And I think you know, look, that that Charlotte team is really good. I, I mentioned a lot of the, the the top players, both the younger players and the veteran players. So Michael Jordan's got a pretty good squad. I think, like you said, I mean, he's not like I said, he's not the the best when it comes to uh, you know personnel, but he knows how to pick them. He's got other people that are doing it for him. So. Yeah, you mentioned that the Bulls have a tough schedule for, for the rest of the week. What's the remaining games after tonight? Hold on a second here. This ain't second about a hundred years. They actually they actually have a pretty light schedule. Uh, they don't play again until Saturday, so they get they play Brooklyn. So we know that's gonna be a very tough one. So uh, yeah, they get they actually get after the Charlotte game. They actually get a few game a few days off before they gotta play Brooklyn. So okay. they'll be ready for uh, KD in the gang. All right, and that's what you listen to. And also, also New York too on Thursday. So that's that's the NBA TV game, of course, as we go through the schedule. But yeah, so. <laughs> They have, but they do have a pretty good schedule out you know, this week. So I think people right. should need to be a little bit patient. 
You're listening to Second City Sports as we talk Bulls and NBA Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, Lakina, let's go to the best and worst from the weekend at the association. I'll start the Atlanta Hawks suffer a couple of injuries yeah. uh, as they lose to the New York Knicks uh, on Saturday, 99 to 90. As we mentioned, the Atlanta Hawks, after a tough start to the season, uh, they started to catch fire, but uh, they have a couple of key injuries uh, to their roster and they lost a tough one to the Knicks. Uh, Joel Embiid scored uh, 42 points and it's returned off the COVID list. They lose to the Timberwolves 121 to 120 in, in two overtimes. I did check out some of that game. I think Philadelphia, they're going to get back on the roll, but it was a, a tough one uh, to the lowly Timberwolves. The Cavaliers get it done against the Orlando Magic last Saturday, 105 to 92. Evan Mobley is good again. Darius Garland is very good. Well, will Cleveland um, hang in there to perhaps – uh, participating in the playing tournament at the end of the season. You still have a long ways to go, but we talked about it before. That's a nice, good, young squad. And I did, a, I did get a chance to catch some of this game on Saturday night. It was the Washington Wizards over the Dallas Mavericks, 120-114. to I think Washington, they may end up with the same record, perhaps a couple of wins better than a year ago, but this is a better balanced roster than it was last year when they had Russell Westbrook on it. Yeah, and also too, they're kind of they're kind of coming back to earth a little bit, but they did have you know a couple of of, of nice wins, so that should help a little mm-hmm. bit there. Uh, best of worst for me is the Suns; they've won sixteen in a row. Yeah, they, it looks like I think for you know Suns fans that were sort of wondering, you know, is this what was you know them getting to the finals last year a fluke? If they showed up, you know, they yeah, they had their struggles early on, but they're getting it together, uh, including a really big win against uh, Bro- Brooklyn over the weekend. So that was a a nice win for them. I was I was actually able to check that game out. Um, it's actually the third uh, longest uh, win streak in the NBA in previous after a previous you know NBA Finals you know previous season NBA Finals. I think only the uh, the 06-07 Mavs and the thirteen fourteen uh, Spurs who have nineteen are are the top. So you know that's a that's a nice thing. Hey, look, they get look they get a lot of great contributions from everybody. So it's not just CP three. It's not just you know, Devin Booker, it's a total team effort. And it just shows you what a great coach Monty Williams is. I know there's some stuff going on right now off the court that they can't control that, but Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not, it's not affecting them on the court. So that's a good thing. And we also had to mention the Los Angeles Lakers. They split their uh, weekend games. They lost to the Sacramento Kings on the Friday in three overtimes, 141 to 137. I did get a chance to watch the majority of that game. Uh, Sacramento, was they were missing two stars. De'Aaron Fox uh, was a big player down the stretch, along with Buddy Hill, who got it going late in that second half. But the Lakers did come back to beat the Detroit uh, Pistons uh, last night by the score of 110 106. Six, thank you. 110-106. My my screen was slow here on my phone. So <laughs> but I did watch some of that game last night. So the Lakers looks like they starting to get it together. LeBron James had a great performance last night. Anthony Davis is doing his thing down low. Russell Westbrook is actually starting to play with some control for once. And Malik <laughs> Monk has been um the most impressive uh Lakers uh player to me all these last week a uh, couple weeks or so. He had another great performance last night. Yeah, that 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 was good to see, and also too, it's a nice bounce back win for the Lakers after losing that three mm-hmm. overtime throttle against the Kings. I watched a little bit of that game via my uh via this little laptop here, and you know, <laughs> Lakers had so many chances to put the game away, and they they couldn't do it. But you know, good, mm-hmm. good like you said, get Deer and Frost credit, you know, for leading the way for the the Kings there, and uh for them to kind of expose that. And but but like you said, nice bounce back win against a pretty solid young Detroit team. 
Uh, like I said before, uh, you, you talked about it, Sid. It looks like maybe the Knicks are kind of starting to get it together a little bit. I know they've had their struggles late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington, like you said before, you know, with a nice win against Dallas in Dallas, that's not that's not an easy place to play. And uh, of course, you know, Golden State now, uh, Clay Thompson has been cleared for you know to one five on five. So maybe a, they're saying that maybe what right before Christmas he might be uh, he might come back. So maybe 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 a little bit before then. So we'll see what happens. And you know, Steve Kerr is going to have a very interesting uh, fence set. So. It's going to be very interesting to see how um, he fits in with, you know, you still, because you got, of course, Steph, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. Poole, Draymond. I know he's been a little bit banged up and, you know, a few other guys. So, you yeah, know, Andrew James, Wiggins, too. Yeah. And James White's also supposed to come back, too, as well mm-hmm. from uh, injury. So it's going to be very interesting for, uh, for them, no doubt, once uh, Clay comes back. Real quick on the Warriors, of course, uh, Clay Thompson's menaces is going to get monitored whenever he gets back. But right. as you mentioned before, uh, once, Clay Thompson gets uh, some games in his legs underneath them. Steve Kerr is going to have a great first world problem. So how are you going to uh, divvy up mm-hmm. those minutes? You know, Jordan Poole's having a nice year. Andrew Wiggins is having a resurgent year. Right. And and also, too, uh, you have a couple other guys that's coming off the bench and contributing nicely to Gary Payton, this, uh, the second, the right. third, I should say. The third. Uh, the third. And uh, so, uh, someone's going to lose. Second. Okay. I'm sorry. This is second. <laughs> and also, like I said, I mentioned Andrew Wiggins is having a nice bounce back year. Somebody's minutes are going to get cut out entirely or cut in half. Yeah. And that's going to be sort of the thing that uh, Steve Kerr has got to figure out, you know, who whose minutes are going to get, uh, get uh, restricted. So. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good fr- good problem for Coach Kerr to have. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. Should be a should be interesting once Clay is able to kind of get back into it once again into a rhythm and stuff. So, but you gotta think the war is gonna be very scary. So we'll see. Yeah, yes, they have the best record right now in the National Basketball Association. Lakina, let's uh, since we have a few minutes, let's let's wrap up this conversation by giving our fans a preview of some of the big games to watch for this week in the NBA. We'll start with uh, tonight's schedule for Monday. It's the 76 Philadelphia 76ers with Joel and B back there host the 4-17 and 17 Orlando Magic at 6 o'clock. The Nuggets and Heat will do battle in South Florida. That's an NBA TV game at 6.30. Of course, we mentioned Hornets and Bulls. And the, the uh, Indiana Pacers, they'll travel to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves at 7 o'clock. The, the Timberwolves are, are still at 500. How is that happening outside of Anthony Edwards? I don't know, but <laughs> they're at 500 for the moment. Of course, Cleveland at 10 and 10 will travel to Dallas to take on the Mavericks at 730. Let's see if Dallas can get back on track after losing to Washington on Saturday. And of course, the Wizards will play the terrible San Antonio Spurs at 730. Utah and Portland will get it on from Salt Lake City at 8 o'clock. And of course, Monday's action tonight will be New Orleans Pelicans at the Los Angeles Clippers at 930. Zion Williamson is cleared to practice. Uh, New Orleans, they need him in the back in the lineup desperately. Yeah, desperately. Yeah, desperately. And uh and a, a bummer news from Michael Porter Jr. for uh for the uh the Nuggets, you know. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. That was such a yeah, that was just a terrible and he was actually having a good season for them. So especially mm-hmm. now also to a joke is still, you know, still a little banged up. So it's gonna be I'm glad he got his money. So that's you know, that's a good thing. But, you know, for those of you who miss it, he's going to he's going to have back surgery. So mm-hmm. he's going to be out the rest of the season. Just a tough loss for the Nuggets because he kinda, he's kind of been helping out to kind of keep everything kind of like in line. So especially, you know, 
with the you know, Jokic and also too, you know, Murray's still out too. He might not be back till after the first of the year. So, you yeah. know, we'll see how, we'll see how Denver responds, but uh, there's a lot of talent there, but yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Everyone else needs to step up on, uh, did you mention Portland and Utah already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go to Tuesday's games. And it could be a good one here with the first of the TNT doubleheader. You got the Knicks <laughs> and Brooklyn. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Brooklyn uh, got blown out uh, on Saturday. I know. Don't look at the mm-hmm. final score. That's a uh, fool's gold. Of course, James Harden was booed by the fans. At I the- know. I saw that. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was not very good. Come on, Brooklyn. Come on now. <laughs> of course, the Knicks uh, has had their they have have had their struggles there, eleven and nine. Of course, the Nets are still fourteen and six. I expect this to be a, a classic game. We'll see what happens there. Of course, the second game of that TNT doubleheader tomorrow will be the Warriors at the Suns. Can the Warriors uh, break the Suns' 16-game winning streak? As of right now, this is, will be the game of the year uh, headline-wise. Uh, I definitely cannot wait to uh, watch this one. Yeah, yeah. Will the Warriors snap that 16-game winning streak by the Suns? Should be a lot of fun. Detroit and Portland, that should be a fun one. Also, too, the Lakers will try to get their revenge against the Kings. I think the Lakers will get their revenge. Of course, we mentioned uh, the uh, the uh, Friday loss by the Lakers in, uh, in double overtime. Sacramento was uh, uh, playing without two starters. They're uh, playing with, with a whole lot of passion and emotion. I think the way the Lakers are playing right now, I think they'll uh, beat the Kings tomorrow on the road. And, of course, we got to mention as Memphis will travel to Toronto to take on the Raptors tomorrow night, John Moran will miss the next couple of weeks due to a knee injury. Thank goodness no structural damage. Yeah, thank goodness. That was actually though that that was like the one that everyone was praying for that mm-hmm. they didn't that you know it was no structural damage thank goodness it's not it's only gonna miss a couple of weeks so if you're you'll you'll take it that's the best case scenario if you're the you know that's a that's the best case scenario if you're the Grizzlies so mm-hmm. hopefully they can you know someone you know they can kind of hold it down while he's out because they really are gonna need him uh desperately uh Philadelphia and Boston that's the first of the NBA TV games. That should be a fun one in the East. Yeah, that's on Wednesday. And um, also on Wednesday, 6 o'clock Chicago time, Atlanta and Indiana. There'll be a good battle there. The Nuggets will continue their East Coast road trip as uh, they'll go to Orlando. The Timberwolves and Wizards will do battle at 6 o'clock. The Cavaliers and the Heat will do battle like 6.30 down in South Beach. The Hornets and the Bucks at 7 o'clock. That should be a good one uh, there in the Eastern Conference. Of course, you have Dallas and New Orleans at the same time. And then wrapping up the NBA TV doubleheader for Wednesday, we'll have Sacramento at Los Angeles to take on the Clippers. Should be a fun one. We'll see if the Clippers uh, can get can get it right there. I know they've had their struggles uh, over the mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, of course, you know, Chicago and New York, that's the first of the NBA TV doubleheader. We'll see how they do against the Knicks. You know, of course, they split their season series so far, so I'm sure mm-hmm. the Knicks feel like they have – you know, they, the Bulls owe them one too after what happened, you know. A couple yeah, this would be the first game week. in MSG. Hmm. Yeah, so it should be a fun one. Uh, Milwaukee and Toronto, that should be interesting at 6.30. Uh, OKC and Memphis. So we'll see how uh, the Grizzlies hold down the floor with John Brand's going to be out for a couple of weeks. You know, actually, that's the best case scenario for them. Detroit and Phoenix and also to San Antonio and Portland. Yeah, that's your schedule for Thursday in the National Basketball Association. Going back to Phoenix and Detroit for a minute. Hopefully, this will not be a letdown game for the Suns, assuming that they'll be Golden State on Tuesday. Uh, that, that could be a, a, a tricky one right there. So we'll see if, as we mentioned, the Phoenix Suns are the hot, hottest team in the NBA right now, currently on a 16-game 
uh, winning streak. So we'll, we'll see what happens. This could be a trap game, assuming that Phoenix puts everything into it tomorrow night to beat the Warriors. So this could be a trap game. But if not, if they lose to the Warriors, this could be a, a, a perfect get-right-back get game <laughs> for, for Phoenix. So we'll see what happens in that contest. So that's your schedule for the NBA for this upcoming week. As you're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago Live and in Living Color for a Monday, along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. Uh, last uh, a comment coming in to us via our Facebook page on Sports Zone Chicago. Jimmy Wade comments, watch out for the Patriots. I know uh, we talked about uh, the Patriots in our last hour. Uh, uh, they're doing good right now, uh, running the ball very well. And they're playing strong defense. Mac Jones is improving every week. They have a tough game against Buffalo last week. We'll get to that in our next show on Friday. So as we, we as we've done, we give the, the Patriots their due. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see what's what's going to happen with that game. Like I said before, we'll get to that as it gets you closer and closer mm-hmm. to the uh, to the end there. Now, uh, still got a lot to talk about. Still, Sid, uh, we got college football too, especially a big coaching. Big coaching mm-hmm. shit there that kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Also, too, we uh, we dedicate you know uh, the last couple of minutes to a legend uh, in golf who passed mm-hmm. away a few minutes ago. And I'm glad he was able to finally fulfill his dream before he passed. So we'll talk about him. And also, too, a little bit of college hoops, too. Uh, you know, Duke had a, a big win over the weekend against Gonzaga. So a lot to talk about still, Sid. So, you know, along with Cindy Brown, I'm Lakeena McGee to the Second City Sports. And this is Sports Zone Chicago. We'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Rumors swirling that Bears head coach Matt Nagy could be fired after tomorrow's game. It's an 11.30 a.m. kickoff at Detroit. The Lions are 0-9-1. The Bears looking to snap a five-game losing skid. When asked about it, Nagy said, That is not accurate. You know, I have not... Um... You know, I have great communication with ownership with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh, I have not had any discussions. On the NBA scoreboard tonight, the Bulls visit the Rockets. Chicago 12-6, third in the Eastern Conference. The Rockets just 1-16. They've lost 15 straight. NHL on Tuesday, the Flames beat the Blackhawks 5-2. Reese Johnson and Brandon Hagel with the goals for Chicago. 34 saves for Marc-Andre Fleury. The Hawks drop to 6-11-2. They'll take on the Blues Friday afternoon at United Center. It's a noon puck drop. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. Now, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets during the Tempur-Pedic Black Friday event. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Cyber Monday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Real live and in living color. Last segment of the of the day. Last segment of the show. 
Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee here with you. Lakina, first, if you want to comment or have a question for us uh, during the last half hour of the show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, we'll go through uh, some of the key games from last Saturday in, in college football. It was rivalry weekend. And let's, mm-hmm. I want to uh, dig into this game for a couple minutes. Yeah, Michigan Wolverines, they finally get it done. The first time that head coach Jim Harbaugh has defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes. It was number five, Michigan, upending number two, Ohio State, 47, 42 to 27. C.J. Stroud uh, was 34, 49 for 394 yards and two touchdown passes for the Buckeyes. Hassan Haskins was the man for, for the Wolverines. 28 carries, 169 yards and five touchdowns. Lakina, it was the offensive line for Michigan that set the tone. Uh, for the whole game. Defensively, they got out uh, after Stroud, as I told you on Wednesday, they were going to do. And they did that especially early. But it was the running game for Michigan. They got it done. The offensive line for the Wolverines gave them a, a two thumbs up. They did a great job. Ohio State couldn't get it going early. They uh, they started to have some momentum towards halftime there and a little bit in the, in, in the third quarter. But uh, Michigan kept their foot on the on the pedal and they got it done in the big house yeah and also to our buddy jimmy saying hudson yes aiden hutchinson who i believe yes. his dad i believe his dad was uh, i think he was like three and oh or two and one when he was playing in michigan in the 90s i know he was in the a captain of the 92 um uh team that went to the rose bowl so you know yeah he was definitely he had like three sacks i think so he was huge for them and also too like you said hassan uh, hackins had five touchdowns that they rushing touchdowns, that's the most that anybody, either of Ohio State running back or Michigan running back, and look at the history mm-hmm. of all those, you know, great running backs from both schools, both team, you know, the fact that he's the first to do it, I think that's just incredible. Here are just some of the streaks that were snapped. You know, some Ohio State, okay, 29 straight games against Big Ten teams, 20 straight straight mm-hmm. wins in conference play, Ryan Day's perfect, you know, record against uh, Big Ten opponents, he was 25-0 and prior, 21 straight wins against AP uh, top 10 teams, big 10 teams, I should say, and an eight-game win streak against the Wolverines. It was actually the first time that Michigan has been Ohio State. You got to go all the way back to when Darnard Robinson was the quarterback 10 years ago. That's how long has it been since uh, – Yeah. <laughs> that's how long has it been since Michigan has been Ohio State. So there have been, like, a lot of coaches. So it hasn't been – so it hasn't been just a hardball issue. It's been kind of like a Michigan issue. And the fact that – you know, they got to get back to focus here because they got to play uh, Iowa in the, the Big Ten championship game on Saturday. So, and of course, they got that. You know, the, the Hawkeyes got their Lou of Wisconsin blowing it against, you know, getting. Yeah, uh, getting we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Right. But, but uh, uh, yeah, it was just this, this is a great break for Michigan. I know, I know they're still rocking rock up there in, uh, in Ann Arbor. And I want to ask you, Lakina, as we'll get into Alabama and Auburn in just a second, but. For Ohio State, the, uh, does this take them out of the national championship, uh, out of the national championship conversation, or do you think they're hanging on by the thread? It's all going to depend on what happens in some of those conference championship games this weekend. I think that's really going to be the key mm-hmm. here. Yeah, speaking of, of ch- uh, championship, uh, championship Saturday, keep it here on Sports on Chicago, uh, right here on Second City Sports. We'll give you a, a, a comprehensive preview for Championship Saturday. That's in our next episode coming up this Friday. You, of course, listen to Second City Sports every Monday and Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Chicago time right here on Sports on Chicago. Lakina, let's get to the SEC action uh, from Saturday. It was number three, Alabama, defeating Auburn, Auburn 24-22 to in 
overtime. Lakina, I did catch the end of this game. Alabama, they were held scoreless through the first three quarters. They tied the game late. Auburn, uh, they, uh, as we talked about all season, uh, they've been inconsistent. It, showed, it wreaked its ugly head on Saturday. Alabama, in my mind, Lakina, as they were driving down, I kind of had this feeling that they were going to tie the game. But before then, I was running through the back of my mind because uh, at that time, I counted uh, a loss for Alabama for this game. Of course, they proved me and everybody else wrong. But uh, 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 everybody talks about a two-loss team getting into the uh, college football playoff. I said before they tied the game, I said Alabama, assuming that they would lose this game to Auburn, they were going to beat Georgia in the SEC title game. That's three losses, and there's no three-loss team that's ever been to the college football playoff. But they proved me wrong along with everybody else. They get it done by two points. And now they have some momentum going into the SEC title game in Atlanta against Georgia. But first, uh, they, they showed the, uh, the heart and the courage to he got a tough win on the road. Yeah, that was yeah. Auburn had their chances to put that game away. I think uh, I think it was their running back. I forgot who it was it that uh, went out of bounds that actually kept the, that stopped the clock. So yeah. which could have which could have you know kept the clock going and they wouldn't have had a lot of time left. But unfortunately, they he uh, Marion Barbered, if you will, we you know, Bears fans were <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, Denver so, in twenty eleven. Yeah, we'll he would have. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. But yeah, you can look it up for yourself. But uh, yeah, went out of bounds. You know, they kept the, that 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 stopped the clock. That gave Alabama new life. You know, Bryce Young was able to uh, take it down the field and you know get that you know that touchdown. Mm-hmm. And 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 look, it's going to be a tough one for them against Georgia because Georgia's defense has been pretty much unstoppable. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and oh uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it once we talk about it because it'll be a championship weekend in college football. Mm-hmm. But you know what a you know it was a nice it was a nice win for Auburn and you saw uh, Nick Saban's reaction you know with his wife Terry and others after the game. So. Uh well we'll we'll see we'll see Jimmy I know this is gonna be the bull he says gonna be the bulldogs here we'll see we'll see if that's the case it sure looks that way let's go to the Big Ten as you mentioned Lakeen I did catch the end of this game shout out to Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman they called the game for Fox it was the Minnesota Golden Golfers upsetting number fourteen Wisconsin the Badgers twenty three thirteen of course for Minnesota off one hundred ninety nine yards passing and a touchdown Tanner Morgan gets it done for Minnesota in the running department for the Golden Gophers Kai Thomas had eighteen carries for fifty five yards and a big touchdown uh, there in the third quarter Lakina Wisconsin we gave them credit all season long after a bad one and three start they made it all the way back they had a Big Ten conference title berth on the line they failed to get it done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a great, you know, great time for the Gophers to have probably one of their best games of the season. I mean, they kept them yeah. from if they if they not had a couple of losses, they'd probably be going to the Big Ten championship game against Michigan. Yeah. But you know, they were able to kind of play a spoiler for Wisconsin and now Iowa gets that, you know, with their comeback win against Nebraska. Now get, they get the honors of playing Michigan in the uh, in the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis on Sat on Friday, I Friday night, I think. And uh yeah, just a you know just a bad showing by the the Badgers. I mean, they couldn't get their run game going. You know, the the Gophers were able to kind of just slow them down, and they wanted that one that Paul Bunyan axe back. So that was for the yeah. Paul Bunyan axe. So they really wanted that back. So you know, nice win for PJ Fleck, and uh, he got a nice little race to boot. 
Yeah, I was, you, I was just getting ready to mention. Shout out to PJ Flay. Did, did you see him at the end of the game? He was kissing the field, running yes. down the <laughs> sideline like he was at Northern Illinois back 20 years ago. Shout out to him. I know it's been tough for him the last couple of years, but uh, he, he he deserved it this year. So shout out to the Minnesota Golden Gophers and PJ Fleck uh, running like he was at Northern 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I remember that. I remember he played there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, so Iowa, Iowa with their win against Nebraska, of course, with uh, Wisconsin losing, they get the they get mm-hmm. that berth in the uh, the Big Ten West and uh, that berth against Michigan in the title game. Yep, that game will take place on Saturday for Indianapolis. That game will be on Fox. But as I mentioned, um, our our next show will be this Friday. We'll give you a, a big preview of that game along with the others in college football for championship Saturday. So uh, tune in on Friday at from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Was Second City Sports. Uh, you won't get uh, uh, a coverage for a championship Saturday, Saturday anywhere else, folks. So keep it here on Second City Sports, Sports of Chicago, this Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Lakina, let's uh, continue on. Uh, the Saturday night game for ABC saw Oklahoma State upset Oklahoma 37 to 33. Oklahoma perhaps uh, lost their chance to sneak in that college football playoff, and they lose their head coach, Lincoln Riley. He's heading up to Cali. Yeah, right. USC. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that that was a, that was news that kind of literally came out of nowhere. It came out, I think, about like six o'clock last night that, you know, they got, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think anybody because apparently he wasn't going to LSU, but I guess he was going to go to uh, 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 USC. I wish we had I wish we could, we could probably have, uh, you know, someone like Sean Salisbury or somebody like that, that uh, that has USC ties. Maybe they can we get mm-hmm. him to. uh <laughs> To react to the hiring, but yeah, that kind of I think like half his staff is going with him. Also, two Bob Sousa Perry is going to be coaching <laughs> the Sooners in the bowl game, so uh, he's going to jump uh, on the Fox booth to coach that game, apparently. So, uh, wow. and also too, and I guess uh, the rumor is that the hot name that's being floated around for that job is uh, current Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. So he said, Look, I'm not. Um, my focus is on uh, being the Bears and finishing the rest of the season. I think I think it's sort of the way to kind of get him to kind of like bump up his salary a little bit because there were some rumors that maybe he might get fired. But since the you know right now Arizona's that got the number one seed in the NFC, so yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Shout out to our buddy Armando. Uh, he kept me coming through the first hour of the show. He said he really enjoyed the Illini game. Yeah, they beat the crap out of Northwestern uh, on Saturday. So I believe I saw that. the, yeah, I the saw Illini have five game. wins on the year. Unless a couple of teams are unfortunate that uh, they're affected by COVID or they just decide to bow out. Illinois might sneak in one of those uh, bowl games that no one gives a damn about. That's just my thoughts on that. <laughs> Yeah, but I think you'll, you'll take it though if you're Brett Bielema for his first year. So you know, five and seven. You know, they had a couple of upset wins. So you'll take that if you're Brett Bielema, if you're an Illini fan, I guess. Okay, a couple of the scores to pass along to you guys from Saturday. Michigan State number twelve. They beat Penn State by three thirty to twenty seven. You had Wake Forest bounce back with a forty one ten. Uh, victory over Boston College. Of course, Wake Forest were upset by Clemson the week before. Speaking of Clemson, uh, number 23 ranked Tigers. They shut out South Carolina 30 to nothing. Florida gets it done over Florida stay in an ugly game 24 to 21. <laughs> it was. I think early. I think ugly would be an understatement for that game because that was just a and I think <laughs> and I think and I think after after Florida State scored, I guess the kicker whiffed on the uh, I guess he was trying to onside it and he totally missed it. So that's yeah. <laughs> So that's what that kind of sealed the the win for uh, the Gators. But uh, 
I forgot who was it. That was the interim head coach for the Gators, but a, a nice win for him. And I think he'll be coaching the bowl game as well. So I'm sure he'll get his shot at perhaps maybe at the, at the, the main job. And at West Coast football, Lakeland loves on West Coast football. Arizona State to Herm Edwards. The Sun Devils get it done by beating Arizona 38 to 15. Yeah, so that was an interesting one there. Uh, a couple of rivalry games. You know, Wazoo, I think for like the first time in like three or four years, beating mm-hmm. Washington. They've struggled to just hammer Washington in the annual Apple Cup. Apple Cup 40 to 13 in that game. Uh, let's see. It'll be Utah State against San Diego State for the Mountain West Championship. Uh, we'll, we'll again we'll get to that in a in a little bit on on Friday for a championship Saturday preview. Let's see what else is sort of like games of note. Here. I know Arkansas uh, bounced back uh, with the thirty four seventeen win over Missouri, so Arkansas finishes their regular season at eight and four, and then Cincinnati Maybe. gets it done over East Carolina thirty five thirteen. Yeah, and they'll be playing Houston for the American Conference Championship. Mm-hmm. And also, going back to the uh, Oklahoma State-Oklahoma uh, game, uh, unfortunately, this might be the last time that we'll be, they'll probably be playing that game in Stillwater because, of course, Oklahoma's going to the SEC. So yeah, I know Chris Rowland be- uh, mentioned that on the telecast yeah. on Saturday. I don't want it to bust out of tears so much. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, because that was a, been a great rivalry. And also, too, uh, I think this is only his – I think it's only Mike Gunny's like third or fourth win in that rivalry game. I know he was like, I think mm-hmm. it was two and two and two when he was a when he was a QB there and back in the mm-hmm. eight, mid 80s, late mid to late 80s. So I know he'll take that, even if it does end up being the last time that that OU and Oklahoma State play in Stillwater. We'll see. But a, a big win for, for Oklahoma State. I mean, they they knocked them out of Oklahoma, I mean, a chance of getting into the playoff, but also to Baylor with them winning against Texas Tech. Baylor will be playing Oklahoma State for the championship game. You know, they of course they beat um, Oklahoma State beats beat Baylor. You know, prior to like a, a few weeks back, you know, Sanders yeah. was able to overcome those three interceptions. So we'll see what happens in that game on on Saturday. Yeah, this season's come and gone by so fast, but right? but uh, it, uh, it was great as we said all year long. Like, it's great to see fans tailgating back in the stands cheering. And things are starting to get back to normal as far as that is concerned. I know um, getting back to the college football playoff rankings to, uh, for tomorrow. And of course, Notre Dame blew out Stanford on the road on Saturday, which w- was expected. But I know I believe the rating uh, the rankings come out tomorrow. Of course, yeah. Georgia is going to be there, number one. Perhaps Alabama, number two, surviving Auburn Saturday. Who's your next two teams? Uh, if Michigan wins, I think Michigan will probably be up there. Uh. Could Oklahoma State, they beat Baylor again, could they perhaps maybe sneak in there? I know some people said maybe Notre Dame should get in there, but that's why they have that extra extra conference championship game. So if you win your conference, mm-hmm. they're going to say that you, you belong in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I think Cincinnati should be there at the third spot. Do you think they, they'll move out that spot? Because they, they should, as they we really expected, the, who do you they replace them with, though? Who you replace them with, though? Because the thing is that they beat Notre Dame in Notre Dame in South Bend. So mm-hmm. if you're Luke Fickle, you're saying, "Hey, wait a second, you know what? What are we doing here?" So I, I don't know. I mean, uh, like I said, it's all going to depend on those championship games. If it'll be if, if Georgia does beat Alabama, they're in. Now, does Alabama sneak in? You know, after for having two losses, that's, that's going to be the question. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it's also going to depend on what happens tomorrow. You got to think Michigan will probably be either two or three now with them being Ohio State. Which they should. Which they should should be. And I think think Cincinnati should be ahead of Alabama too, but, you know. 
Yeah, I think they'll get the treatment. Oh, they haven't played anybody. I'm talking about Cincinnati. They haven't played anybody, even though, as you said, for the last couple of weeks, they need to do the old school uh, style points performance. They've done that. So what else you want them to do? All they had to do is now take care of business in their conference title game. But like I said, Ohio State, I don't think they'll belong in there now. They lost to Michigan. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't get that either. But, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do for this one. All right, like, as we mentioned, we'll have uh, college, more college football conversation on our next show coming up this Friday from noon to 2 p.m. on Zone Chicago here on Second City Sports as we get you ready for championship Saturday from the world of college football. Lakina, uh, we have a few minutes left on our show. Uh, some big news that's coming down the pipeline as we talk about free agency and baseball. Of course, the current CBA mm-hmm. will expire in a couple of days. But there's some players that been they are getting some big deals Max Scherzer, it looks like he's going to New York that, yeah. with the New York Mets, not the Yankees, but with the Mets, three years uh, of approximately $130 million. Of course, Marcus Simeon, seven years, over $100 million. The prize free agent second baseman, he goes to Toronto, to Texas. And there's a couple of other moves uh, um, that have been announced as well. Lakina, let's start out locally here with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Marcus Simeon is off the table now. Yep. Leary, not Larry. Leary Garcia <laughs> is still a free agent. I believe they'll bring him back, but you cannot make him your starting second baseman. Call me crazy. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if the White Sox are seriously entertaining this, but I can see how you buy is on the south side. You think? Okay. Yeah, I think. And also, too, I think he can, I think Rick Hahn can pay him some money. So I think that should help mm-hmm. a little bit. But I think a lot, you know, you saw what Scherzer did. You saw Marcus uh, Glossman, you know, he got a five-year, $110 million deal Mm -hmm. with the Blue Jays. They really, yeah, they really need a a pitcher there. But, yeah, Kevin Gaussman, you know, got a new home. Mm -hmm. It's going to, like I said, I think they need to, they need to start pitching bad. And and look, like like we've been saying, I mean, with the the CBA scheduled to expire, I think by the end, what, the end of this week? Yeah. So a lot of these guys, you know, that's what Scherzer did, what he did. That's where the you know, Gosman did, what he did. That's where you see some of these, you know, free agent signings because of the fact that you, we don't know what the, the labor situation is going to be. So that's why you're seeing some of these guys. I know Buxton, he got a hundred million with the with the Twins, you know, in an extension. Yeah, Brian Buxton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, and also too, I believe there have been a couple of others. Uh, the Rangers are starting signing guys. You yeah, know, a couple <laughs> of guys. So uh, yeah, so we're seeing a lot of you. Know, players sort of you know trying to find new homes and jockeying for jockeying for positioning because of you know the the you know the unstable situation of the labor strike. Yeah Steven Matz the left-handed pitcher from Toronto he signed a four-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Of course Corey Kluber who was uh injured with the Yankees last year he signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Rays and Alfacel Garcia a former White Sox uh player he signs a four-year deal with the Miami Marlins. Also be interesting to see what the Cubs decide to do. That's gonna be another thing yeah. that's gonna be Interesting to see what they do there. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, like I said before. There's going to be – look, you're going to be seeing a lot of news, you know, guys, you know, signing to big-time deals because you just don't know what's going to go on with the labor stuff. Of course, Carlos Correa, the the free agent shortstop, is is still out there on the market. Corey Seager is out there on the market from the Dodgers. Looks like both those players will probably be signed after this labor agreement if we get a hold on that. If if they're all paused. Of course, free agent pitcher Robbie Ray from Toronto is out there. Uh, the left-handed starter, I assume the White Sox are having serious talks with him, we assume, because right. the White Sox need starting pitcher. If anything else, we learned throughout the last couple of years, you need depth, especially in that starting rotation. The White Sox have that, and, and they need to booster it up some more. 
Absolutely. So that's going to be a very interesting in on that front. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I'm seeing some of these uh, about these uh, NF, uh, the um, baseball Hall of Fame ballots, and some of them are actually keeping them blank, which I think is just stupid. Hmm. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw a couple of writers admit that they're uh, that they're they're, they're putting their uh, they're leaving they're bringing back their uh, their ballots blank, which I think is sort of stupid, but. You know, you aren't you supposed know. to get your credentials taken away if you do that? That's that's the rumor that well, it should be happening. I haven't heard mm. it, but yeah, that's what should be happening. So I don't know what's going on there, but I think it's just stupid that you know, that these writers are allowed to have their credentials or to be able to vote in the Hall of Fame when they're not even going to put guys' names on there. However, you feel about the steroid stuff, you know, look, it was legal at the time, so that's the whole thing mm-hmm. that that's what really kind of like pissed me off about it. Yeah, you only have a couple of guys uh, that's in there already. There was a uh, suspected of that. Yvonne Rodriguez it looks like D- David Ortiz was working with Fox TV. Now it looks like he's going to get in. And so you can't say that you don't have any guys from that area in there because you do. And yeah. so to keep potentially bonds and Clemens out of there, it, that's just hypocritical and it makes no sense to me. Total, total uh, makes doesn't make any sense at <laughs> all. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I believe they're supposed to release the, uh, the names in like within the next few weeks. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they, uh, if who gets it. I, I, like I said before, we talked about it on Friday, I think Helton gets in first ballot and uh, maybe Victorino gets in first ballot. But other than that, I don't see anybody else getting in. Could maybe perhaps Barry Bonds gets in his last year. Maybe he was close. I think he has a better chance to Clemens to get in. I believe both of them should get in, but uh, who has the better chance? Probably Bonds. Because yeah. remember before his alleged use, he was putting up numbers with the Pittsburgh Pirates in it and throughout his Giants career, but he was putting up 30, 30, 30 numbers, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. He was putting, he was putting up those kind of numbers with Pittsburgh in his first uh, couple of seasons with San Francisco. And, and also too, if you re yeah, also too, if you remember, I mean, I think he's like right at the, right at the near like the borderline. This is his last year in the ballot. So we'll mm-hmm. see if he gets in, but yeah. So look at some of these ballots that are, some people are, you know, leaking themselves or some are, are being leaked. I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting though. When, once the final numbers are tallied. Yep. We'll see what happens there. You're listening to second city sports live in living color on a cyber Monday edition right here on sports zone, Chicago city Lakina here with you. Uh, before we get to your tribute, Lakina, do you have the list in front of you? Because the pro football hall of fame released their uh, semi semi list for the uh, oh, yes. semifinals. And there's some interesting names, Steve Smith jr. I know his name was on the list. I believe Tory Holt's name was on the list. I'm not sure, but let me look uh, it up right quick, yeah. So uh, we have a, at least about, my, my guess, probably about at least three or four names for sure that probably make it to the finals, in my uh, opinion. But as I said the last uh, couple of years, it looks like the Pro Football Hall of Fame gets almost everybody in eventually. But uh, it was a pretty interesting list. I just glanced at it the other day, and it was a pretty interesting names on that list. Yeah, it's down to 26 finalists, it looks like. And among some of the others, high among some of the guys that are uh that are on here, Heinz Ward, Anquan He's Bowden. automatic. Yeah, I think he should be in there. Uh Anquan Bolden, Rondé Barber, Fred Taylor, Eddie George. Quiet you, uh Eddie George, Tony Baselli, Eric Allen, Robert Mathis, Vince Wolfolk, Willie Anderson, Darren Woodson. Richard Seymour, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Sam Mills, Zach Thomas. He should he needs to be in. He should have been in already. Yeah, the late Sam Mills should be in there already too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leroy Bru- Leroy Butler, 
Some special team guys, of course, Devin Hess and also to Steve Tasker, mm-hmm. Jared Allen, Tori Holt, of course, Steve Tasmini, as you mentioned, Demarcus Ware and Patrick Willis. So a pretty good list there. So it'll be down to like the last like final five, you know, to the, it'll be down to, I think, like what, 13. And then after that, it'll be down mm-hmm. to like the top like five or six, I think, for the, the, the modern day. Uh, testing my memory, like I said, Devin Hester should make it to the next round. Eddie George probably should make it to the next round. Tony Baselli, as you mentioned, he was, he was, I didn't believe it was the very first draft pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, mm-hmm. he was a great offensive lineman, so he should be in there. Yeah, I think as so. Tory Holt, he has a Super Bowl with the Rams, he made two Super Bowl appearances, one one with the Rams in '99. We know Kurt Warner's in there, Marshall Fox in there. Uh, Tory Holt should be oh, in there. He has the numbers. Isaac Bruce, Isaac Bruce is in there too. He so should get in there too. Team. Yeah. Oh, he's already in there. He came. He's in. already he in there. Came. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's he's right. That's right. Couple, yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, 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 so Tory Holt should be in there. Yeah. So it's gonna be. This is gonna be a very tough list. Like I said, I think Zach yeah. Thomas. Zach Thomas should have been uh, been in already. Um, Devin Hester, I think, should get in. But I think you know how people feel about special teams guys. He's Steve the only guy to return a touch, a kickoff for a touchdown, opening kickoff for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. But he was doing great things before then. He, that was during his rookie season. Just saying. Also, Tony Baselli is another thing that should already be in. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be uh, have to wait another year. Or so yeah. we'll, we'll see. Like I said, it's, it's going to be very interesting because, you know, you got – look, there's, there's a lot of – there's a really good, like, roster of, of guys there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Lakina, as we wrap up today's show, you have a very special tribute to a very special person. Yeah. We'll let you well, end the episode with that. Yeah. Uh, we're Lee Elder. You know, for people who don't know who that is, he was the first black golfer to play in the Masters. He passed away at the age of 87. And I'm glad he actually got a chance to play uh, a ceremonial uh, tee off in the masters, you know, with, of course, with Jack Nicholas and uh, Gary player, of course, they've also have history as well at the time when he grew up, you know, unfortunately, I mean, the way they set it up at the time, you know, they, they, you know, black, black golfers, you know, the only thing they could do is you know, be caddies. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, that unfortunately he, he, he changed all that when he got to, you know, the Texas, he became the, he made history in 1975, become you know, the first black golfer to play in Augusta national, so, which at the time was a, was an all white course. If you uh, read through Jack Nicholas, who's had six of these uh, Masters uh, titles, yeah, I know he and he and uh, Lee were very close over the last few years. So, it's yeah, it's it's a tough one. Golf was a tough one. I know people have said that uh, you know people. Of course, we all know about Tiger Woods and some of the others, but he was really mm-hmm. the, the real trailblazer for the sport of golf. Yeah, and I was watching a, a, a special from the Undefeated. I know ESPN aired it a few months ago, and Tiger Woods gave uh, Mr. Elder his props. He was like, "Was of a, a uh, trailblazers like him, he wouldn't be there." So it was nice to uh, for Mr. Elder to get his um, to uh, to get his um, props while he was still alive. And uh, he's uh, he's gone home to glory at the age of eighty seven, and so his legacy will never ever be forgotten. Absolutely, and I'm and I'm glad that he and uh he and I think both both Nick both Mr. Nicholas and Mr. Palet player has gotten close over the last few mm-hmm. years. They were the ones who really, especially when Otto Otto Palmer passed away, they were the ones who really lobbied for yeah. the elder to be a part of that part of the day. So I'm glad he was able to get a be a part of it for like if it was just for one year. I'm glad he was able to get a part of that in the Masters. Yeah, it was, it was nice for for him to get his roses while he was alive because it would have been a tragedy if it didn't happen. But we don't have to talk about that. Um. He got his roses while he was alive. So um, 
his legacy, as I mentioned, will never ever be forgotten. It will live on forever. Thank you very, thank you so much for joining us here today on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Remember, you can catch Second City Sports every Monday and every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time. Right here on Sports Zone Chicago, we give you the latest from, from the world of sports, and we'll sneak in some conversation about entertainment and other fun stuff as well. Lakina, take us home. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Score McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80, that's S I D K I D 80. S I D K I D 80. Don't forget to download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can uh, catch our audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, by going to War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R, on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. For Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You've been listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We will catch you on the next episode this coming Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Take care of each other. Take care. Stay safe out there. And Lakina? And be good to each other and wash your hands and make sure if you're not going to get vaccinated, make sure you mask up. Till Friday, we'll, we'll see you on Friday. And uh, take care, guys. Go Bulls! Holla! <laughs>